I'm Judy Carter, and this is the Power of Purpose podcast, where we explore how to live a purposeful life and how creative people like yourself can make a living doing what you love. Although sometimes it feels that the world is against you and you're never <laughs> going to make one darn penny from any of this. That is true. Oh, gosh. We all have those days. Oh, I certainly have had it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that leads us to our topic for this episode, which is, for every creative person, rejection. Oh, I hate rejection. Oh, Who loves it? I don't, I don't think there's anybody, oh, please reject me. It feels so good. Yeah. No. But those it's are the constant, yeah. Those are the same people who love rejection might love going to the dentist. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, ugh. Exactly. So, rejection. It is a essential, quintessential principle of any creative work at all. People saying, nah, how do you deal with it? How, yeah. do, you, how do you go about, well, first of all, what kind of person do you have to be to align yourself with rejection? Like, what do you got to do? Oh, gee, I wouldn't know, Jason. I've never been rejected. I've it's just, just been. you've had the, everyone. Judy's is, here. Yeah, Isn't and it great? Doors fly open and that's it. It's just. Oh, God. I think one of the, the, um, well, many of the worst rejections. One one of the worst rejections was that um, this this booker um, hated me, hated me, and um, I was booked to do this gig. And um, let's see how this went because this was something. And the guy said, um. um I only, um, I'm only booking you because cause I don't really like your act. And the only reason you're getting booked is that the owners wanted you as well. And, you know, he, he, he wanted this other comic. And, mm. and um, we, I had to book the two of you. But I really don't like what you do. And I was going up that night. You know, mm. so I was working this club. And this guy who was a manager said to me that um, he didn't really want to book me because I was horrible. Yeah. God, I remember that. And he's saying it to your face just before you go up to. Well, it was on perform? the phone. Oh, it was okay. on the phone because I was calling asking about call time and when to do and blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And he was getting like upset. I was just even asking any kind of question. What's going on? Well, to tell you the truth. You know, I really didn't book you. It's just that he wouldn't take my other client cause, unless I booked you too. So there you go. Huh. Hmm. Okay. And of <laughs> course, I'm very susceptible to feeling bad about myself. So, you know, I went, oh, am I horrible? Am I bad? Hmm. Is this horrible? And so what I did was, I remember this so clearly. I walked around the block. I just started on a walk. And I went through every single joke. And I went, is that a good joke? Mm. Would I like hearing that joke of another comic? I went, yeah, it's a good joke. Is that a good joke? Yeah. And some of them I thought weren't, actually. So yeah. I cut them. Well, I did it, and I killed. Mm. I absolutely killed. And the guy went, oh, my God, you were so good. And he saw the audience respond to me. And then he started booking me places. And one night he booked me this place, and there was only two people in the audience. I went, I can't perform just for two people. And after that, he decided to ruin my career. And, um, and 
And anywhere I performed, um, the club he called the club owner and said I wouldn't book her. She's horrible. Blah 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 blah. And it ended up that I looked exactly like his ex-wife, and that's oh. what was going on. That's what was going on. But the truth of the matter is, you know, all of a sudden um, he started. It was like I was blacklisted mm-hmm. because he handled some major acts. I don't want to say his name. Um, started with Neil. I think that's what it was. <laughs> I don't remember his last name. So he was booking all this stuff in the improv. But he actually prevented me from getting a lot of work. Mm-hmm. But in many ways, that was the good news because I decided that I've had it with stand-off. Mm-hmm. You know, that was a time my, I sent another podcast about my mother dying and I, I, I wanted to give it up and it made it a little easier. And that's when I went back to L.A. and I didn't know what to do with my life. Um, so I rented an office. And you haven't heard this story, Jason? No. Oh, my God. This is great. All right. So here I'm totally rejected, totally down, don't know what to do, decide I need to get a real job because I only had been a stand-up comic and a magician before that. Mm-hmm. I only as a performer. So I went, I'll get a job. Well, I don't have any job, you know, skills. So what do you do? So I had some money. I rented an office. And it was an office share. And I went there every day. And you learn things about going to work. Like, you're not supposed to bring your dog in time to your desk. Okay, got it. And then it was like, I had nothing to do there, right? Mm-hmm. People would come up and because other people were working there. And we all had a secretary that we shared. And my friends would call go, Judy Carter's office. I go, ah, you got to be kidding. Mm-hmm. Right? So... What happened was that uh, someone said, oh, you know, what do you do? And I go, well, really nothing. And you know, then she's thinking <laughs> I work in management now, yes. right? Oh, you do nothing. You must be someone really important. She says, would well, you type? Because I could use someone to type for me. I write books. And I go, okay. All right. Yeah, I'll type. And her name was Linda Edelman. And so I'm typing for Linda. And she said, you should write a book. I go, I don't know how to write. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to write. So, um, but ah, just write three chapters of how to do stand-up. It's what you've done your whole life. I went, okay. And then you got to, I wrote it, and then she, she edited it for me, and then she, I go, what do I do now? Well, you got to get a book agent. Really? Okay. Here's a list. I sent it out to 59 agents. And I got 59 rejection letters. Nice. Ouch. One after the next. Mm -hmm. And I said to myself, well, I guess I'll just be a typist. (laughs) (laughs) I know how to type really fast. It's impressive, right? And and then I started to teach stand-up because I wrote the book. And I just put a little ad in the paper. Said, you know. Take the class for was twenty dollars. That was really cheap, and mm-hmm. the whole class filled up. No one was teaching. I was the first person to teach stand up, mm-hmm. and um, and then what happened? It was through all this um, coincidence. I met agent number sixty uh, in a Weight Watcher meeting. Um. Yes, she she uh, had lost her job at a publishing house and was eating donuts and being an agent, I guess. <laughs> and she said she'd read my manuscript. She read it. She liked it. Um, Chuck Adams um, 
was at Random House. Mm-hmm. It's also called Touchstone. Uh, they liked the idea of um, a book about how to do comedy. And uh, this book is called Stand Up Comedy, The Book. And then there was one other person who liked it, and her name was Oprah Winfrey. Mm-hmm. And there's Oprah holding up my book against her bosom on television. Right now, the book that, by the way, was rejected from 59 agents who mm-hmm. said to me, nobody wants to know how to learn stand-up comedy. Why didn't you write about fly fishing? They were all wrong. Mm-hmm. That book is still selling. It's still on the shelves. Me being on Oprah, all of a sudden, my phone is ringing off the hook. Mm-hmm. Off the hook. Um, um, on, hey, come speak at our company. I didn't know about speaking. But all of a sudden, they want to pay me all this money. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, my classes are totally full. I have to get other teachers. All of a sudden, like, this girl who was rejected... 59 agents, people. 59. Yep. I sent it out to number 60. And it only got that one because I was fat at the time and had to go to a Weight Watcher (laughs) meeting. So it just shows you that the very things that are wrong with you, like (laughs) you're being fat, are the very things that make you successful. Because that's where I met Annette Wells, um, who was my first literary agent. Mm-hmm. And uh, she has since passed on. And But meanwhile, I have uh, I wrote that book. And then I wrote a, a, two more books for Simon & Schuster. I wrote another book, um, The Message of You, for St. Martin's Press. And it all came out of rejection. Yeah. So what do we learn from this? I am not sure. What do you think? Well, I think the interesting part is right off the bat is, you know, when you got rejected, you went and you 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 did something. You took action. You went out, you walked around. You were like, all right, let me take a look. Let me just verify that the work that I'm doing is the best that I can do. And you did that step. And, you know, and and yeah, there's and I love how it ultimately came down to the fact that you just look like his ex-wife. So it had nothing to do with your content. It had nothing to do with your value or your ability as a comic. It's just this one random guy with an axe to grind with someone who kind of looks like you, which you're going to get rejected because of things like that. You know, it's interesting, I think, how we're finding out. I think Linda Bloodworth Thomas just wrote an article about she was the creative designing women and about the guy who was head of CBS um, hated her. Uh, she never found out why, but he prevented her from getting any other kind of job mm-hmm. ever. And how he bullied people, and now he's <laughs> he he's gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was fired. Uh, so many allegations of sexual harassment. Um, that I think, especially for us women, it's really hard for us to go it's not about us mm-hmm. rejection we take it so personally yes and i believed um that fifth how can 59 uh rejection letters from agents who are that's their job to know what's going to sell and what isn't mm-hmm. and how can they all be wrong but they were all wrong because my books are still on the shelf 
I just got yesterday another royalty check, which was just as big as my first royalty check. So it's selling just as much many years after I've written the books. So, you know, with rejection, and, and it all comes back down to what is your purpose in life. Um, all I knew back then was stand-up. Mm -hmm. The only book I could write right then was how to do stand-up. It was the only thing I qualified for. And I think um, that's the power of purpose right then and there because let's just say many of you out there um, have, I know what my purpose is. This is what I want to do. Mm -hmm. um, that's going to be tested. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> right. It's not like, yay, I finally know what my purpose is and now it's smooth sailing. Yep. Should I yeah. buy my house now or later? Yeah. Right? Um it's never smooth sailing. Mm -hmm. Even if you get that starring role in a sitcom, it's problematic. Yeah. Right? Well they say new levels bring new devils. Yeah, I think that's why so many people change their friends when they hit success mm -hmm. because they need somebody to complain to. And right now, <laughs> right? And, and their problems like, oh, my staff of writers, I just can't get them to really understand my character. It's mm -hmm. like, no, no one's going to feel bad for you, yeah. right? You got a freaking <laughs> sitcom. You're mm -hmm. living in Malibu. You know, shut the F up, yeah. right? So I just... I just think like now your problems are really going to start when when you know because it's rejection is something you constantly have to deal with. Mm -hmm. Let's just say you're a writer and you finally got like on, you know, the uh, on staff. Yeah. Right. You got on staff. Well, and you're pitching ideas. No, hate that idea. No, it's like you've got to learn how to handle the rejection of your ideas, mm -hmm. write something new, that sucks, that stinks. And um, and it's not about you. You know, when I was acting, I had a real problem with rejection. And so I did this. I had, um, I, I, I'd go into the audition and I put a tape recorder in my purse. Mm -hmm. And I'd leave it in, and I'd do it and I'd put it down and I'd do the audition mm -hmm. and then I'd leave the room. And then after the next person came in, I go, oh, I'm sorry, I left my purse here. And I came and got it. Mm. So I could hear what they said after about me. <laughs> it's pretty sneaky. Yeah, it was, yeah. wasn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it was important for me to do because I kept feeling that they hated me, they hated me, they hated mm. me. And so I was working out my psychological issues. Yeah. And I found out they go, liked her hair. Yeah. yeah, she really got going. I mean, they, no one ever said anything like, oh, my God, that was, you know. And so I had exaggerated in my head what they really thought of me. But mm -hmm. I realized acting wasn't for me because it was too much auditioning, too much rejection. Mm -hmm. And I didn't like it. And I wanted to go into a place where there was no rejection. Stand-up comedy. Yes, yeah, that's, that's easy. Makes sense. Seems right. <laughs> yeah, but very sometimes, you know, some of us are more sensitive to rejection. Some of us will do a set, and every single joke that doesn't go right is like, ow, ow, mm -hmm. ow. And it becomes, you know, it becomes a whole thing of pain, pain, okay, good, pain, okay, good, you know. Mm -hmm. And what I have found now is when a joke doesn't work, 
I no longer feel like I've bombed, but then I kind of explored on stage with the audience yeah. of what went wrong mm -hmm. with that joke. Go, and sometimes I'll just even talk about it with the audience, like, oh, ah, oh, <laughs> I guess that went a little far for yeah. Tuscaloosa, Alabama, right? Mm -hmm. And then that gets a laugh because yeah. that's why they didn't laugh. It was an inappropriate joke mm -hmm. for that culture. Mm -hmm. um, but it doesn't mean they're rejecting me, you know, and that's that's the key. Yeah. That's the key. Um, you know, we very, people are too narcissistic to care enough about another person to get so, except for that one manager, Neil, who just yeah. wanted <laughs> me off the face of the earth. And he was, and, and in the end, it wasn't about me either. He mm -hmm. was just working out his own rejection from his wife, who also looked like me and had yeah. red hair. And she did look like me, you know. Um, at least she was cute. So, yeah. <laughs> otherwise, you got that. Rejection. There you go. Yeah. So, how do we handle rejection? Well, I would say you got to figure out how much of it is yours, your mm -hmm. part. You know, if 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 you're you wrote a book proposal and it's getting rejected and rejected and rejected and rejected, I mean. It can be that there's no audience for that book. Mm -hmm. And that's the reason my book was being rejected. Mm -hmm. be uh, the stand-up comedy, the book. Because they didn't feel no... They didn't realize it since it was the first book out on that topic. Agents didn't realize the market, the mm -hmm. niche market for that book. They didn't realize this was before the comedy boom. Mm -hmm. And the book, actually, a lot of people attribute that book for bringing launching the comedy boom to give people who were funny a way to you know put their act together and show them how to do it yeah and so um i got to ride the gravy train days of of the 80s with that you know 90s with that book um because um it was what is it called when it's uh first adapter what's it called the uh, early adopters of early adopter right yeah. so i got to be the you know and i got to find an agent and an editor smart enough to recognize that mm -hmm. uh this this book made um something doable and that there would be an audience for it yeah but sometimes that rejection does tell you that mm, there's no audience for it. Mm -hmm. But nowadays, it's so great if you're writing a book, you could self-publish. Back then, that was not an option whatsoever. Mm -hmm. you know. So nowadays, I, I decide some books I'm going to use a publisher and some I'm going to self-publish. But we could talk about that yeah. in another Well, I think podcast. one of the, the big underlining things is that, number one, rejection is just a part of it. You're going to get rejected if you... If you are doing any creative endeavor, someone's going to reject you. But you have to remember that, one, the rejection isn't about you. It's not them. They're not like one of the big things is, you know, if you're an actor, if you're a performer, if it's you going up and doing something like a stand up comic mm -hmm. or a speaker and they say, nah, pass. They're not rejecting you as a human being. They're not saying, all right, into the fire you go. We don't need you anymore. It's, you know, it's like an idea. They're just rejecting an idea, you mm -hmm. know, and ideas are designed to be disposable. They're designed to, you know, go through a whole bunch of them. So get used to that fact that ideas are going to be rejected. 
you know, when you're creating and being creative, you throw out tons of ideas. You know, when you, you know, I'm sure when you're writing jokes, you'll write something and go, nah. And then, you know. You know, and, and sometimes, you know, like if you told me that the uh, wealthiest person in comedy was going to be Larry David, mm-hmm. I'd tell you you're crazy. <laughs> Larry David would... Um, if there was a group of Mormons in the audience, a bus tour, you know, the Catch a Rising Star, he would be on stage just talking about, you know, yeshivas and Hasidic Jews, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he would on purpose do material that the audience would not get for the benefit of the comics in the back. Yeah. He thought the whole thing was hysterical. <laughs> he was kind of anti-comedy, mm-hmm. right? Which he still is. Yeah. But that's what he was into. And so the audience would reject him, Mm -hmm. right? But it was sort of on purpose that he encouraged rejection. And then, of course, he was a producer of Seinfeld. And the character of George, which was him, Mm -hmm. you know, was a character who all he got was rejection. So Larry David made a career of Curb Your Enthusiasm, of course, is all about absolute rejection yeah constant so you know here's here's the ultimate thing is if you are suffering from being rejected write a joke about it oh okay write a joke about it use it as a topic if you're not a joke writer write a blog about it Mm -hmm. do something with it that transforms it from something negative to an act of creativity, which mm. which is whether it's bad or good or whatever, or even that blog gets rejected. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. I think it's funny if a blog about rejection gets rejected, then that becomes another article. <laughs> <laughs> slowly spiraling into madness. Yeah, and if you are really sensitive about rejection in your writing, mm-hmm. Um, here's something you can do and something I do. So, um, you know, we all got 3 million ideas. So which idea is a good idea? Which idea is not going to be rejected? Try it out, throw it out on Facebook, um, Mm -hmm. and see if people respond to it. Yeah. You know, or Instagram or Instagram is more about pictures, but throw it out your idea and see how, or Twitter and see how many hits it gets. And if nobody's interested in responding to it, you know, then you don't have to work on it for an entire year and then get rejected. Yeah. Right away you can see that it's just not hitting people. People aren't into it. And so that way you can curb your rejection rate. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, if you are someone who, who you know, may, you know, like, one thing about, you know, social media and all that stuff, everybody's got an opinion about everything. So putting stuff out can be a little strange. But ultimately, rejection when you are a creative person, you know, you doing something with it. That's that's I think is the ultimate assignment right there is like, don't let rejection turn you off. Don't let it shut you down. But do something with it, you know, like you, I love the idea of writing a joke about rejection. If you're a writer, write a blog about uh, rejection. If you're writing a novel, maybe there's a scene you can put into your novel about rejection. Bring it into your process. There are shows. There are actually story shows 
about rejection stories, mm -hmm. you know, uh, uh, about breaking someone's heart or, you know, getting your heart broken. Mm -hmm. um, and and uh, to me, that's all we can do. E rejection is an absolute certainty in life if you're, tr if you're at all good and trying anything. Mm -hmm. So when it happens, use it. If you would like to learn more about turning your purpose into a career, go to themessageofyou.com where I'll give you free access to my online course. Click the button in the top banner when you get there. If you'd like to learn more about what I'm doing, then go to judycarter.com. Thanks for listening and let's find your message and launch your career.